0: Okay. Let's go ahead and get started. I suppose. It's long long time. Time. Okay. So, um, it's my pleasure to introduce Dr. Nori Aoki. Uh, Dr. Aoki is a associate professor of biomedical informatics at in the University of Texas at Houston. Um, he's a uh, Trained as an emergency and critical care physician in Japan and has been at uh, UT Houston for the last 15 years or so and spends a lot of his time working on EMS and disaster systems in Mm -hmm. Japan. And uh, he is here uh, interviewing for a potential spot as a research director for the department. And so he's here for uh, two and a half days getting to know us. And I thought it would be a great idea for us Mm to hear what he has to say about his research uh, focus and career and uh, learn a lot about uh, EMS disaster. Um, yeah. So, Dr. Norioka, okay, uh-huh. thank you
1: for coming, and the floor is yours. Okay. How do we start the recording?
0: Uh, well, I just started it. So okay. Great. Can I start? Okay. Yes, okay. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And then um, I'd like to uh, present today an interdisciplinary approach for better decision-making toward a high-quality emergency health care. That is a kind of a combination of my clinical background as an emergency physician and epidemiology as a PhD, then also I completed two different degrees in informatics and management stuff. I actually combined four different disciplines to create kind of the quality improvement system over in Japan, so I would like to introduce that. But first of all, I'd like to confirm that why we need a quality improvement. We all probably know about that, but um, I would like to actually introduce the situation over in Japan first. This paper was published in 2008 and described emergency crisis over in Japan. The, what is that? One of the most uh, famous crisis over in Japan is called the tarai mawasi, which is a Japanese term. And then tarai is actually tub like this, made of woods. It's an old tub. And then uh, tarai mawasi means uh, rotating around, pass around that tub the tubs among people. Which actually describes the situation in which request for the admission uh, emergency patient is refused by one hospital by and after another. So <laughs> it is called as settings. It's a really pity situation. Then um, one of the reasons, actually there are many reasons, but one of the reasons of tarai mawasi is the uh, increasing number of ambulance call-outs in Japan. It was increased from the two, two hundred actually two hundred a unit of 10,000 uh, in 1980s, but um, it's dramatically increased and then b- increased by 30% in the past 10 years, even declining with the total population over in Japan. It is one reason. And the consequence of this is here. Then this is an average time from 911 call to hospital arrival of the EMS <laughs> activities over in Japan. It was, uh, in average, it's national average is 28 minutes in 2001, and gradually increased to 37 minutes in average in 2002. Then time from 911 call to hostel arrival was gradually gradually increased and prolonged uh, in last 10 years. Then uh, we have an agency which is called the disaster, actually fire and the disaster management agency, FDMA, they have an annual report and they use two indexes, actually two indicators to evaluate that time of situation. One is the percent of cases requiring call greater than or equal to four, which means that the EMS or paramedics at field needs to make at least three or four, four phone calls. To identify the hospital that can accept it each that patient. The second one is time from 911 call to hospital greater than or equal to 30 minutes is a percentage. Then this is a map of Japan. I'm not sure if you are familiar with the Japanese map, but some of you are familiar with the Tokyo is located here, and Kyoto is located here. Miyazaki is located here, it is Kyushu Island. So there are ten prefectures that have a low, actually, low, low quality indicators uh, in Japan, then. So Dr. Aoki, mm-hmm. just to clarify, so what happens is the, the ambulance goes to the team, picks the patient up, and then has to start making phone calls yes, to right. find a hospital. Uh-huh. That's the it's EMS responsibility to find a, a hospital, and the hospital has a right to accept or decline the patient, uh, it's, it's not there actually, um, they, each hospital thinks that we are not best match for that patient, why don't you s- co- <laughs> select uh, another one, be, be because um, maybe that hospital has a better physician. or something like that, and, uh, the system is a bit different from the, that in the, uh, in, the, in the United States, and we don't have a role like a Malta in, in the United States. Then uh, there are 10 different prefectures here. And then, if you have any question or <coughs> if you need to confirm any system over in Japan, please, please tell me and raise your hand or talk to me. Hi. 911 so so mm-hmm. hospital than 30 minutes uh-huh. is that from the time the paramedics are? Getting from done, the, done, So it's not done with the patient care at the scene, mm-hmm. it includes the scene time That's reading, right, that's right. Yes. So it's not quite as bad as it looks, but it's still long. <laughs> <off. laughs> yeah, it includes all the uh, 911 call to scene time, arrival scene, and the scene time, the activity time of the EMS, and the scene to the hospital. Mm-hmm. It includes three pieces. Then, then my question, actually, that usually only percent of cases requiring call greater than or equal to 4, and the time from 9-hour call to hospital is discussed. When we discuss such a situation, actually the quality of emergency healthcare. But I really would like to raise an issue that if it is really appropriate indicators, because as we usually use, the emergency healthcare is described as a button delay from resident to EMS and ED, and probably physician for treats that patient. If we think about the button relay, the first runner is resident, resident need to call to uh, emergency uh, uh, EMS, serv- EMS service and then uh, to, uh, transfer to the hospital. The second one is EMS, paramedics, EMTs. Then procedures and transfer by paramedics is the second piece. The third piece, of course, is um, hospital arrival to the treatment time. Then. In that setting, our question is Do we really want rapid transfer? Do we want to really evaluate only second runner, lap time? Or I would like to uh, think on the actual general transportation. Then the most important thing is right patient, right place, right time. It is very important not only for emergency medicine, but also for any other disease like cancers. Uh, probably time range may be different. We work on the seconds or uh, minutes or hours, and the cancer physician actually uh, work on the day, months or week. The, the time range is different, but and we all physicians all work on that situation. Then time from onset to treatment, actually whole time, total time, is much important. So this is our uh, conclusion. But let me. Uh, let me b- a bit introduce about uh, basics of medical management stuff first. Then, in that stating, uh, why we actually focus on just uh, transportation time or uh, to phone call uh, greater than one call to four? Because federal, actually, fire and department management agency actually and uh, create an annual report and tell that these are the really important indicators then this is a fundamental of the human beings. Tell me how you will measure me. And then I will tell you, uh, and I will tell you how I will behave. Then this is a ma- nature. So this is why if actually emergency related um, specialists say that it is wrong, too long, the call, uh, call, hospi- call to hospital time, they make some kind of effort to shorten the time. Then if they are told that too many refusal, and then they may punish. The government may punish that, and then in terai Mawashi they may provide some kind of reward uh, to encourage acceptance. The finally IT system it is kind of the worst piece, and I'm a, actually I'm an informatics guy, and then I always heard that if you are not satisfied with current IT system, many industries and vendors would like to sell you the new one. <laughs> and there is new IT system, I. I say that it is useless. <laughs> you shouldn't do that, but and usually it happens. And then you got um, another, ga- actually, garbage again. <laughs> then, <laughs> then what is such an actual code in medicine? You think about that. Okay, in medicine, if we have a patient who has such a symptoms, like headache, fever, cough, and diarrhea, do we want to um, give them uh, four different prescription like NSAID, and antipyretics, and anti-tested, and antidiarrheal. I don't think there is a physician who subscri- uh, prescribe for different uh, prescription for that. Oh, sorry, uh, for that patient, because it is called symptom- symptomatic treatment. Then we all know that symptomatic treatment never solves the real issues. We know that in the medicine, but in the management. We usually forget about that. Then we should, what we should do is stop symptomatic treatment in emergency management thing, <laughs> and then focus on radical treatment. This is what we need to do. Then we need to think about the, how we can make a treatment plan uh, for that setting. Then uh, when we talk about a kind of treatment for management stuff, we usually use this term PDSA. Have you ever heard about that PDSA? It's plan, do, study, act cycle described by Deming, who was the father of the management stuff. Then whenever I talk about this management stuff to the physicians, the colleagues in Japan, they always say that don't talk to me about management or administrative stuff. I'm a clinician who take care of patients, but it is not so difficult things. Management, actually using PDSA, is really like treatment in your clinical setting. For example, if you make a treatment, (laughs) you, of course, make a plan, and then perform a treatment. And then you probably evaluate it, if it is really effective or not. And then modify that plan. This is really PDSA cycle. Plan, do, study, act. Then every physician do such things, thing, real management stuff. Mm -hmm. Then during the planning stage, All physicians really get the data, uh, like uh, numbers and images, to create a plan. And then in the study phase, you also need another set of the numbers and images, actually. Then this is called as behavioral change, actually, in the management setting. But we say that treatment change or something like that. But in wider (laughs) definition, we call it behavior change. Then we need to think that what do we need to make a right decision, right behavior. Then I would say it is information. Let me talk about something about the basics of health informatics from now on. Okay? Then this is a this scheme. It's kind of a really, really simple scheme. And when I uh, introduce health informatics to my students at the School of Biomedical Informatics, I usually use this slide. Then and tell them this is a kind of start things. But once you understand the surroundings and the relative uh, uh, relevant to that data information knowledge, that guy can get the master of health informatics. Then um, informatics uh, information is actually center of the informatics, the center of the data information and the knowledge. The how we use information to make a behavior actually to make an action. We make a behavior based on information not the data. Then what is the relationship between data and the information? We get the information from the, from the data. And how? We need to use knowledge, experience, and sometimes data analysis is required to get the information. Okay, this is a kind of the health informatics 101 thing. Then the simple example is kind the systolic blood pressure, systolic blood pressure of 180. You know that that patient has a hypertension since you have a knowledge of guideline of WHO things. Then you can get the information that this patient has hypertension with this data since you have a knowledge and make an appropriate action which is treatment. Okay? But uh, you can imagine that sometimes you can get a lot of information from the data. Sometimes you cannot and then you can get the little, little information. And somebody gets lots of data, for example, a radiologist can get lots of data from the one image. But a, a mature person probably cannot do that. Even you have the same data set, it doesn't mean that everybody can get the same information. Then I am going to show you the example of the power of knowledge and experience to extract information. This is the image data that we, everybody can sh- share now how many of you get the information from the data? Oh, you get it. <laughs> okay? How many of you? Okay, good, good, but don't tell anybody about that. Then I'm going to tell you a course. Okay? I'm going to show to you. Now you get it. Then you can see that. And then it's final one. Okay, you, now you get it. Remember I make this of lecture, 10% of the audience can get the information without any clues. And then, that's fine, but look at this data now and then see <laughs> the previous picture. Now you can see the life really clearly. You cannot focus on these gray pieces anymore, probably. Then this is the power of knowledge, experience, and data analysis. It's really simple, but <clears throat> it's really important. Then data, information, behavior thing. Then the question is, do we really have information? We have a lots of data, probably. We know about that. But the question is, do we really have the data to gra- grasp current status and to set a goal for high-quality emergency medicine, actually emergency health care. Then I'd like to introduce my story, my project in another prefecture. Then, um, because I actually struggled trying to solve this problem in prefecture in Nara. Actually, prefecture is a bit different from states, but it's almost the same. The, in Japan, we have 47 prefectures, but prefecture is not such independent like states. The prefecture belongs to the actual federal government. The, it, is, it is only the difference, but I worked for the Nara prefecture for five years as a um, um, faculty of the, the University of Texas. Let me show you two famous Tarimouse incidents in that prefecture. <clears throat> in 2006, a mother in delivery room in Oyo Hospital, it is the name of the hospital, the southern area of another prefecture, became unconscious. And the attending doctor made a phone call and called 19th Hospital, but none could accommodate <clears throat> the patient. It's a story. Then that lady actually died, unfortunately. Then, but years later, 2007, in same prefecture, Nara, about a year later, two, 1990, uh, actually 2007, pregnant woman called an ambulance because of abdominal pain early in the morning, and the nine hospital again refused the patient because of insufficient insu- resources. So it happened in 2006 and 2007. Then these are recognized as a critical problem for uh, community emergency healthcare in Japan. Actually, both cases went to the... Supreme Court, and then we, we now still in the uh, fight. Uh, actually, in the case at this moment too. Then, governor and the director of health policy and welfare prefecture actually formed a special task force team to stop such incidents. And then they they require actually they wanted to have somebody who knows management and the information and then emergency medicine. And I was invited from the Houston to Japan actually as a leader of this task force. Then Nara, I'd like to tell you something about Nara Prefecture. It is a picture of Japan. Nara is located here, very close to Osaka, actually east side of Osaka and south side of Nara pre- uh, Kyoto Prefecture. Miyazaki is located here. Then <laughs> it's Tokyo. The size of the prefecture is like this. Uh, actually, uh, Nara Prefecture is surrounded by four different prefectures. And the VDC is almost 80 kilometers and uh, length is 100 kilometers, population, total population is 1.4 million, which is 1%, almost 1% of the Japanese population. Then this is a, a, a map of the hospitals. The prefecture has 44 secondary care facilities, which is a um, um, high level emergencies, um, emergency care unit, and the three emergency centers, it's like a level one trauma centers, three here. Then, uh, when I went there as a leader of the task force, I was told that stroke was one of the important target diseases due to high refusal rate in that prefecture. Then my first question was, how many stroke patients do you have in the prefecture? It is my first question, because we need to know that, We we need to know the needs. But unfortunately, nobody in there could answer the question. I'd like to ask the same question. Do you know there how many stroke patients do you have in this state, California, per day? Um, actually, because we have a stroke system, it's eight thousand <coughs> in Orange <origin>, County. <coughs> okay. Per day? Eight thousand <coughs> a year. Uh, great. But yeah. They had to get that from yeah. At that moment, we didn't have a registry, and we actually had a hard time to identify that. Nobody know about the answer. Then, without knowing the needs, how can we provide the actual supply, which was the first question that we have had. Then, it's not only the stroke, probably we need to know the, how many acute abdomen patients do we have per day, for example. How many surgeries? Uh, not, not only the uh, head surgery and chest surgery and uh, abdominal char- char- surgery has been performed in one prefecture or one area, probably Orange County or some other area. But um, nobody knows that at that moment. Then I asked, the, why you don't know about that? <laughs> I ask this question to the prefectural officer, actually government officer, and also physicians, my friend then prefectural officer says that they don't know about that because it's not their job. It's not their job. <laughs> okay, medicine is your job. We are not healthcare professions. So this is one answer that I got. And then clinician says that I'm responsible for the patient in front of me. I'm care of this patient, but I don't know the patient whom I never met. So this is a two different questions. My question is who is responsible for the public health, especially emergency medicine. Who think about the, the systems, okay? Then no data information for pub, public health management is available, because nobody is responsible for that. This is on the clinician perspective. This oh. is a classic problem we face daily in our emergency department. Uh-huh. We get a consult on a patient, and the mm-hmm. consultant is just looking at that mm-hmm. one patient and taking their time. Yep. Meanwhile, we're so crowded, we have to go on diversion, mm-hmm. we can't take other ambulance patients, yeah. and that clinician has no idea that somebody might be dying mm-hmm. because they can't come to our trauma center uh-huh. because we've shut our doors because they're just working on that one patient yeah. and not the whole system. But we've to do that, actually, <laughs> while we are resident to our medical school. Then each clinician probably has a um, kind of the response, feels responsible to the patient in front of me. But also we need to think about the patient. Uh, in, not, not in front of us, actually. As a result, nobody has whole data, which means that each has each data set. Each EMS in the in, in fire department has a data set, but they don't share the data with other fire departments. And also, hospitals have their own data the EM, electronic health record system or medical record system, but it cannot be integrated easily. And then, two hospitals may not be able to um, get data together. And if we have a kind of registry data, it can be. But it sometimes happens. So it is um, a very really problem of us. Then um, think about the data that I showed you. We have such a data, but it is a um, prefecture average data. Um, our question is, is it meaningful to average out? The, such a number in the prefecture, but the prefecture is still big, you know. They have uh, different counties, mm-hmm. then uh, sometimes, um, s- some have higher department uh, need to transfer the patient from the really countryside to the urban side, which takes at least one hour. Then is it meaningful to average out the, such, a, <clears throat> such different uh, areas? In, in, to get uh, such one numbers, So, this is uh, the one question that we have. It is another thing. It is the average number of the whole, whole in Japan. Then we don't know that if it is meaningful to compare such an average every year. Then it's kind of the data, but we cannot make any action <coughs> even we have such a data set. We need uh, information. Then what we did is uh, we tried to get a fact that we didn't know for right patient, right place, right time. <coughs> then first example is a mismatch of transfer. I analyzed the data set of the how many? Probably 80,000 80, 80, emergency transfer patients in Nara Prefecture in 2010 and identified this issue. Um it in, in certain period uh that, that prefecture had two hundred and eighty six su- tra- uh, patients suspected stroke. In, in certain period. Then within these 286 patients, 168 patients were transferred to the stroke care hospital, which means a stroke care, that has a kind of a stroke care unit, It's not, not really a stroke care unit, but a hospital that says that we can take care of stroke patients. Still, 118 patients were transferred to non-stroke center hospital, non-stroke care hospital. Which means that more than 40% of stroke suspected patients were transferred to hospital which were not specialized in stroke care at that moment. So nobody knows about that. Actually, nobody knew about that. Friend we show that data. But EMS knows about that. Because they, they said that, OK, our responsibility is to transfer patient to the hospital, regardless of specialty. Then you, you mean the physician, need to think about what treatment uh, does patient require, and then transfer a patient if you need to transfer. This is um, their logic. Then um, we didn't know about that. Then um, once we got such a data, then we discussed the data and tried to improve the situation. I, I'm going to show you the later, but it, it was a tool that we have in 2009. Then, Emergency, I, I'm going to show you the emergency information system. This is kind of an example of the emergency info, information system we have in Japan. It's a simple table. The, sometimes it is not a system, it's just a paper. Then It says a different type of symptoms, or signs, or, or disease, or uh, department. And each hospital is required to, to put OK or NZ uh, to, 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 to demonstrate availability, resource availability at this moment. Then, each hospital is required to disclose availability, its symptom condition, so that the paramedics can select appropriate ones. So, if paramedics um, have a pediatric patient, they see this list and call Hospital A and Hospital C, for example. What is, what is NG? Oh, NG is not good. Not good, not good at this not <laughs> 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 Okay. Sorry. It's not good. We are, we are not good, <laughs> good at, at this moment. There, okay. The acceptance rate, let's explain about the acceptance rate. Since we have this kind of condition, OK or not good at this moment, and then regardless OK or not good, each hospital makes a decision either to accept or to receive patient based on resource, avali- resource availability for each referral call. Then we use this as an indicator. We calculate the number of calls received by each hospital, and then we calculate number of accepted patients. <coughs> Uh, calculate a proportion and call it is acceptance rate. Okay. So this is a real acceptance rate of the stroke patient in certain area, certain period. The 41% acceptance rate at night. Then uh, 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 21.1% of accepted after uh, uh, greater than Y call four calls. So it is a real issue. But again, everybody feels this situation, but nobody knows the actual situation in numbers. They know that. Yeah, we have some kind of difficulty, not, not really numbers. Then I further investigate the law of emergency information system, and see uh, what is the difference between indicating okay hospital and indicating not good hospital. And then find out that um, in certain period for the stroke suspected patient at night, EMS paramedics made a 228 calls and only one hundred thirteen was accepted. Acceptance rate is forty nine percent. Then <clears throat> I also investigate what happens in indicating not a good hospital. They still make a phone call, hundred and thirty-one times. And the hospital still accepts that, even they said it's not a good time for us. The acceptance rate is high in that not a good hospital for some reason. Of course there is no statistical difference that, okay, in chi square <laughs> test. <coughs> but um, ironically, information system here doesn't provide any information. It is an ironical situation. Then somebody says that we should replace that, but it's ridiculous. You know, then we have. Then it means that we have not numbers and the images to diagnose real problems for community emergency care. Does the north prefecture have the uh, an assessment made by the physicians severe? <laughs> Uh, moderate or not requiring emergency care. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, we, we have such a it it actually there is no difference between yes yeah, such a bracket actually. Even severe or moderate patients we have the same actually tweak.